Good morning, everyone. Welcome along to Tradies News in a nutshell. Middle of the week, Wednesday, the 12th of July, 2023. Daniel Pettigrew back with you once again, as I am each and every weekday morning, broadcasting through SEN 1170 AM in Sydney, SENQ 693 AM in Brisbane, and SEN 1620 AM on the Gold Coast, 1300 01 1170, our open line number. You can send a text anytime, 0457 736 736, all before breakfast through SEN 1170 AM in Sydney with Vossie and James Magnuson and for listeners in Queensland it will be Patton Hills after the 6 o'clock news. Plenty coming up. We are going to have a chat with Matty Cox, the host of Tradies News in Melbourne in about 15 minutes. Talk about some of the big issues happening uh, in Sydney, uh, Melbourne and, of course, around the sporting world, including uh, the Gold Coast Suns coach getting the sack as well. We'll uh, speak to Matty Cox about all of that. Uh, Origin, we'll get to that in just a second, and a lot of other rugby league news floating around. But really want to hear from you this morning. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy 1170 our open line number. Or you can text 0457 736 736. It is 2 past 5. The Hot Topic, thanks to Rain. Built tough for Aussie conditions. When it comes to water heating, ask your plumber to install a ream. Except nothing less than Australia's best and install a ream, Australia's favourite hot water. All right, easy one to start the show this morning. Origin predictions. It is the third game, State of Origin game number three, the final game of the series. Uh, Dead rubber, although if you speak to any of the players or the coaching staff involved from both Queensland and New South Wales, they're both saying it's not a dead rubber. Uh, It still means a lot to the players, which I'm sure it does. So your predictions for tonight, closest to the mark will win a prize. 0457 736 736. I want a scoreline and a man on the match. Scoreline and man of the match. Who is going to win tonight? Scoreline plus man of the match. And also, if you are heading out to a course stadium tonight, if you're listening through SEN 1170am in Sydney or potentially uh, in, uh, in Queensland, maybe making your way down to Sydney today to head out to a course stadium, let me know. I'd be interested to hear people. There was a lot of talks about ticket sales and the like, but it does... Um, say in this uh, article here in the Sydney Morning Herald, they are expecting around 75,000 fans, which would be a pretty good turn-up considering the series in terms of being able to win the series for New South Wales is done and dusted. So I think probably wouldn't be a bad turn-up, 70,000, 75,000 fans. So if you are heading out to a core stadium tonight, let me know, but want your score predictions and want your man of the match closest to the mark gets a prize tomorrow morning. 0457 736 736, our text number, or you can call the open line 1300 01 1170. I will give you my tip a little later on. And, of course, you'll be able to hear all of the action, SEN, with three calls once again, Blues Radio, uh, Maroons Radio, and, of course, the neutral call right across the SEN network. Looking forward to that tonight. Uh, however, score prediction, who's going to win? Uh, man of the match, 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. You can 
if you want, throw in first try scorer as well. Uh, just on State of Origin as well, James Desco has declared he would have been at peace with any decision to dump him from the New South Wales side for the game tonight and conceded, I haven't performed at the level I know I can perform. So Tedesco will play his 22nd consecutive game for New South Wales in front of around 75,000 fans as the Blues try to avoid the first series whitewash since 2010. Um, Coach Brad Fittler, whose own future remains clouded beyond tonight, certainly did not like the idea of relying on pride alone for the game tonight. Uh, You know, it's one of the deadly sins, pride. It's actually a negative. Worrying about what people think about you. Just doing your best is the most appropriate way to look at it. Um, Tedesco also said, I know I hadn't performed at the level I know or knew I could perform. If I wasn't going to be picked... I was at peace with that because I know or I knew I could be a lot better than what I have shown. I'm glad I can still be captain and fullback. I just want to play my best footy. Yeah, really interesting. And he went on to say it's not about crossing your fingers and hoping. Uh, it's about doing the little things during the week, preparing the best I can, ticking the right boxes, going out, trusting it, and enjoying myself when I get out there and play. The whole year we've been a, has been a big learning curve. We haven't been our best at all at the Roosters, and New South Wales has been the same. I would say the last time James Tedesco uh, ran onto a football field against the Manly Sea Eagles uh, a couple of Sundays ago now, 10 days ago, he was very good for the Roosters. So we'll see what he can do for New South Wales tonight um, in this State of Origin Game 3 match. Dead rubber, but still an important game. Around 75,000 people there to watch it tonight. So I want your score predictions. First try, score a man of the match. 0457 736 736 or one 300 Now, it is safe to say that the Bulldogs and Phil Gould in particular has been in the news over the past 24, 48 hours. Phil Rothfield having a lot to say about Phil Gould last night on uh, the edition of NRL 360. But back page of today's Daily Telegraph, um, and we mentioned this guy on Monday morning after his sensational performance for South Sydney on Saturday night. Blake Taff, everyone knows... And I think everyone has known he's been a very good player for a long time. But his performance at fullback, filling in for Latrell Mitchell uh, for South Sydney on Saturday night, was exceptional. Well, now he is the latest player to appear on the radar of the Bulldogs after being captured at a secret meeting with the club's powerful head of football, Phil Gould. Uh, So back page of the Daily Telegraph, and it says they were sent a picture of Gould, Taff, and another Bulldogs official believed to be recruitment boss Peter Sharp in discussions where it is understood they spoke about the prospects of signing Taff next season. He is off contract at the end of the year and yet to receive an offer from the Rabbitohs given their salary cap is tight and the number one jerseys occupied by Latrell Mitchell. Souths would love to keep him, but they don't want to stand in his way. Should he find an opportunity elsewhere, the Bulldogs could yet be one of the beneficiaries after he starts for South and their loss to Canterbury on the weekend. And we know uh, the Bulldogs have been in the news with Phil Gould and Tino and this pub deal. Uh, Bulldogs fans, would you be happy for Blake Taft to come to your club? Look, uh, I was speaking to a friend across the course of the weekend and one thing, and we can debate origin all you like, and uh, it does clearly get in the way of the NRL season, but it's good to see some of these young stars. Now, Blake Taff has been around for quite a while, but it's good to see him getting a proper go at it. Um, And I think a lot of clubs would have looked at that and said, "Mm, we can 
do with someone like Blake Taff. And he could be a starting player each and every week. Bulldogs fans, would you be happy to sign Blake Taff? Rabbitohs fans, would you be sad to see him go? There's a couple of people floating on social media, Souths fans, on the weekend that Cody Walker, what, 33 years of age now? If Blake Taft could wait, maybe move into that 5'8 position uh, when Cody Walker does retire. But clearly Blake Taft would want to play first grade regularly before then. So an interesting one. Bulldogs fans, happy to take Blake Taft. Would you take Blake Taft or someone like that at your club? I certainly would. Fantastic player. Um, now... Matt Lodge, Manly fans, just before a break. I want to hear from you. Uh, he is said to be reunited with Anthony Seabold for the remainder of the season and potentially beyond after Sea Eagles owner and chair Scott Penn gave club officials the green light to secure the front row enforcer on a train and trial deal. He was given permission to explore his options by the Roosters and he will play for Blacktown in the New South Wales Cup this weekend and have the rest of the season to secure a longer-term deal with the Seagulls. Anthony Seabold played a key role in Manly's decision to sign Matt Lodge, the pair having worked alongside each other at the Brisbane Broncos. They don't have a stop in their, uh, spot in their top 40, uh, but I have worked with him at the Melbourne Storm and Brisbane Seabold said him and his family live in the area. He's a quality player and we have given him an opportunity. Things didn't work out for him at the Roosters. It was about this time last year when he signed with the Roosters uh, this Text line, the open line went down to meltdown. Manly fans, what do you reckon? Would you be happy to have Matt Lodge at your club for the next couple of years? He was good for the Roosters at the back end of last year. Be pretty quiet, though, this year. Manly fans, are you happy with the signing, potentially, of Matt Lodge for this year and beyond? 0457 736 736 or 1300 1170. Plenty of other news around as well, but on the other side of this, we're going to cross to Melbourne. Speak to hosts of Tradies News in Melbourne, Maddie Cox. Keep texting your origin predictions in. Scoreline, man of the match, first try score, 0457 736 736 or 1300 1170. It's 10 past five. You're listening to Tradies News in a Nutshell. Call 1300 01 1170 or text 0457 736 736. Good to have your company on this Wednesday morning. Of course, State of Origin Day. Wanting your predictions this morning, 0457 736 736. Bulldogs fans, Blake Taff, having met with Phil Gould. You happy to get him at your club? Uh, I think he'd be... Pretty good, of course, getting Stephen Crichton as well uh, next year from the Penrith Panthers. And Manly fans, are you happy that Matt Lodge is coming to join you on a train and trial contract for now, but potentially longer? Your thoughts, 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 It's time to cross to Melbourne and speak to host of Tradies News, Matty Cox. Now on SEN, on SEN. It's, it's time, time to, to trade, trade towns. And a very good morning to you, part-time. Uh, I haven't had a day off for quite some time, Matty, so I think it's at least been a couple of weeks. And I must tell you as well, just to let you know, I'm on for another few weeks before my next uh, day off, I think Friday the 4th of August. So that that's a long stint for me, I reckon. 
Well, they, but, well, my name still stands. <laughs> yes, I, unfortunately, I, mud sticks, Dan. Well, I've got to make another trip to Melbourne that weekend. So, so you, you should be happy that I'm coming to your <laughs> oh, city. Hang on, we've, we've got to welcome you down here, do we? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's Maybe right. Maybe four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen for my mm. audience. Where mm. should our mate Dan Pettigrew to go to really immerse himself in amongst the uh, Melbourne oh, culture? Can think of some. I can think of some ideas uh, that they may text through, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see. It's a few weeks. They've got. A few weeks to think about it, uh, Maddie. Yes, yes, and be creative. Uh, shall we get to the sport? Probably. That's yes. what people are listening for, aren't they? Uh, yes, I think so. Uh, now, Origin, of course, we'll get to shortly. But big news coming out uh, yesterday, was it, from the Gold Coast Suns and their coach, Stuart Dew, sacked. Tell us more. What's happened? This has been a really interesting week and a half. So if for those that may remember, I think we may have discussed it a little bit on last week's cross, that Stuart Jew was coming under increased pressure as the, the coach of the Suns. It was reported last Monday, Monday week ago, that from Caroline Wilson that the Gold Coast Suns were on the verge of sacking Jew and that there had already been arrangements made about an interim coach and that a decision was expected before the end of July. That was refuted by Jew and he... Uh, indicated that he had the full support of the club, which is, the, I think, they're the, the worst words you can hear in any sporting landscape, aren't they? I they've think got the so. full support of the administration. And then there was a press conference held last Wednesday, I think it was, where Mark Evans, the CEO of the footy club, came out and essentially said he's our coach and if the results don't change, then we'll have a discussion then. But he's our coach now and for next year. And then a week later, he's gone. Mm. After a, well, they were more competitive against Port Adelaide on the weekend, but it fizzled out in the second half, which meant the margin was still bigger than what I think a lot of people were hoping from the Gold Coast Suns this year. Mm. And I think uh, the the report was that the chairman had made his way back into the country after being uh, away on holiday. There was a board meeting on uh, Monday night, which ratified the decision and then all hell broke loose with the reporting yesterday morning. It's, I, I don't know, it seems to me to be one of those situations where six years in the job, people were probably becoming a little frustrated at the fact that they seem to be hovering around a similar sort of position, but... For me, watching them this year, yes, they were being blown away by the, the top teams of the competition and you would have hoped that they would have been far more competitive than that. But I still feel as if that there was progression that was being made, but it probably wasn't being made to the pace that the football club was anticipating. It's, it's, it's a strange football club that is probably the best way of... Describing, and I know Dan, you broadcast into mm. to that region on the Gold Coast through sixteen twenty AM. Mm. For, for for this football club, they, they've searched for stability. They've they've searched for a promise, and unfortunately, it hasn't been delivered uh, again. With Stuart Dewey's the most experienced coach that's been at the helm. He had one hundred and twenty games across six seasons. Guy McKenna only had eighty eight in his tenure, and that was followed by Rodney Ede with sixty three. In amongst all of this, and maybe the reason why the trigger has been pulled is that you've got one of the great coaches of the modern era, Damien Hardwick, mm. waiting in the wings. And I think the competition would love 
if the vacant role of the Gold Coast Suns was filled by someone who has had success, Mm. has got the profile to lead this club forward and to make a genuine statement in the competition. Because when you look at the two clubs, and I might ask you about your thoughts on sport generally on the Gold Coast in a second, but when you look at the two expansion clubs, in inverted commas, uh, for, who were introduced, uh, when was it, 10, 15 years ago now, with both GWS and the Suns. Now, GWS, neither of them have won a premiership, but at least GWS made the grand final a few years ago. The Suns seem to have really struggled through most of, of their seasons that they've been playing so far. Yeah, they have. They and and this is this is the major issue is after all this time that they are still or they still haven't made a finals appearance. And you can argue that there's there's been a lot of change at the football club, there's been a lot of youth. They haven't had a, a great deal of time to gel together. You can also argue that they've missed Tuke Miller this year, who's arguably mm. one of the most important cogs in the midfield to be able to to get the ball and to deliver the ball. Um, so that you can argue all of that, but you can also go to the other side of the equation. You've got two clubs that entered 2023 with a change of coaching, Essendon and St Kilda. And those were very ugly situations as well in terms of how the coaches departed. But the, the fortunes of the club on backing into making a very tough and a very difficult decision, but it's paid off in spades. Maybe that's what the Gold Coast Suns are hoping for. They've got a group of young players that if they're developed correctly, who knows what they are capable of achieving. So maybe in hindsight, this could be the best decision for the footy club, but I still feel they're on the right path and there just needed to be a little more patience, a little more pain for long-term game. Because as you as you point out, the Gold Coast in terms of a a sporting hub. Mm. It's always a conversation, particularly when these big issues come up. You've had a big issue with the Gold Coast Titans coach a couple of weeks ago Mm. as well in this space. Whenever these sorts of conversations appear, we we hear about the wasteland that is the Gold Coast area and how fruitless teams have been when it comes to success up there. Yeah, and it was only three weeks ago, the day after State of Origin game number two, we heard about, as you just mentioned, Justin Holbrook, the Gold Coast Titans coach, sacked, which really came from nowhere and they've appointed Des Hasler, who's had uh, similar to sort of a Damien Hardwick type coach, I would imagine he's had enormous success at the Manly Seagulls, has won premierships, uh, had took the Bulldogs to a couple of grand finals as well at his time there. Um, It is an interesting one, and he'll take over next year, but it is an interesting one with the Gold Coast. Look, I've been up to the Gold Coast several times to uh, go to watch the Titans play um, at their ground, and it's great ground. I think uh, from a Titans point of view, uh, the stadium being not in the centre of Surface Paradise, Brawl Beach probably is a bit tricky, but look, from a rugby league point of view, Maddie, there's been a different, two, three, four different versions of the Gold Coast teams throughout the year. Now, the Titans have, haven't had great success. Uh, they've been competitive in some seasons and they're on the edge of the top eight this year. But 
Sometimes the crowds on the Gold Coast are pretty poor. Um, you do occasionally see quite a big crowd when it's maybe a local derby or when the Gold Coast Titans are performing well. But look, from a rugby league point of view, I want the Titans to do well. I quite like watching them play. I think it's a, obviously a good city to go and have a weekend away and uh, watch your football team. And I think from a Titans point of view, having Des Hasler as coach next year will definitely help them. So it be interesting to see what the Suns do. Well, look, but I, I don't know about you, Maddie. I think there is a place for a Gold Coast NRL team, a Gold Coast AFL team, um, and it would be good if either of them or both of them could have some success in the near future as well. Yeah, and the the other concern I've got probably going forward with the Suns is this search for a silver bullet, the the search for the quick fix, and whether whether Damien Hardwick, if that's indeed the direction and the path that they're going down, whether that's the right one, I don't know, I'm... Uh, I sit here this morning, Dan, and I'm questioning. I'm questioning how it's all unfolded over the last week and how strong this club actually is and and whether the fact that they haven't been successful isn't so much to do with what's happened on the field and more so the direction that the club's taken off the field. I think there's some queries and analysis that needs to go into that as much as the on-field performances. Yes, it will be interesting to see what unfolds there. Yes, and it'll be interesting to see what unfolds tonight Mm. because you've got the third and final state of origin game between New South Wales and Queensland. The first time in this series that it'll be in your neck of the woods. What is on the line tonight for New South Wales? Because the series is gone. Yeah. uh, I was going to say Brisbane, Queensland. (laughs) That wouldn't have gone down too well. Queensland have been dominance in this series from the from the come from behind victory in game one to what they established in game two there's the potential for it to happen again in game three yeah and queensland go into this game uh Maybe not overwhelming favourites, but heavy favourites, and quite rightly so. What they did in Game 2 at Southern Corp Stadium was fantastic. Uh, They played so well. New South Wales, as we touched on last week, Matty have made some changes. We'll see if that does work out for them. For What's on the line? I mean, it's called a dead rubber by the fans, but anyone involved in either the Queensland team or the New South Wales team, whether it be a player or coaching staff, or anyone that has just played... uh, state of origin before say that it's not a dead rubber now probably when most people are asked what's on the line especially from a new south wales point of view clearly pride is on the line but also i think a bit of an eye to the future as well in terms of the players they have stuck solid with a lot of the players there's a couple of new faces in there as well um and of course as we'll mention right throughout the series uh, the question mark will still be there after tonight whether brad fitler and his coaching staff will remain as coach of new south wales um after tonight um um, they are still expecting a crowd of about 75,000 people there uh, tonight, which is quite incredible when you think about I, – I can't imagine that a dead rubber in the past in Sydney has got that many people. So if they can crack even 70,000, I think the NRL will be happy with it. And what you may see tonight, Matt, is you may see more of an open game uh, with not – a lot on the line in terms of this series. Both teams might want to throw the ball around a bit more. Might be quite an entertaining game. But, yeah, going to be really intriguing to see how New South Wales respond from the first two games and see if they can uh, at least get a win on the board and avoid a first series whitewash since 2010. How will that go down if that was to happen? A whitewash? Um, yeah. 
Well, you you won't be at work tomorrow morning. Uh, no, no, I'll be here. Um, I remember three weeks ago. Uh, my memory is that good to remember three weeks ago. My text line on the Thursday morning and open line was in meltdown, and the vast majority, I'd say ninety five percent of them, were New South Wales fans, uh, very angry about the performance um, and very angry about some of the selections and so on. Um, it'll be interesting because obviously the anger of losing the series from a New South Wales point of view it is past. But I, if they are to lose in a close game, then I think people will generally be okay with it. But if Queensland come out and put 20, 30, 40 points on New South Wales tonight at home, uh, I don't think that's going to doubt, go down very well at all with uh, the general New South Wales public. So there is a lot on the line uh, tonight for New South Wales, even though the series has gone. A very curious mm. space to be playing in. I, yeah. I fear for your mob tonight, mm. is all I'll say. Well, yeah, it is. It, I, mean, I suppose the one thing from a Queensland point of view, and you see this in a lot of sports, Matty, um, before we move on to our next topic, is that when a series is wrapped up, obviously you want to go out and win, but there might be something nagging in the back of your head that said, well, look, we've already won. We can go out and play and we'll just see what happens. But, look, as I said, the way Queensland played a few weeks ago, I, it's hard to see them losing tonight if they play at their best. But let's wait and see what happens. Now, uh, back to AFL. Uh, John Longmire, 300 games as coaches. That's an incredible achievement. It is the 25th coach in AFL-VFL history to reach this milestone. Took over the Sydney Swans back in 2011. He's led the team to four grand finals. The 2012 Premiership uh, included amongst all of the accolades that go the way of John Longmire, who also had a successful career as a player. I kind of wanted to turn this mm. back to you, though, Dan. OK. Because being, being in the Harbour City, what's the impact and respect that John Longmire has uh, been able to achieve during his tenure, considering that for the large portion of it, the Sydney Swans have been very competitive and one of the top sides in the AFL. Yeah, and we've spoken about, Matty, the Swans before in terms of the Sydney population, um, and they definitely have a big piece of the market. Now, clearly, I think, and it's the same with you guys with the Melbourne Storm uh, in Melbourne, uh, AFL clearly dominates there, NRL dominates here, but it shows what the Swans have managed to do over many years, even before John Longmire, to get uh, that piece of the pie in Sydney. But no, John Longmire, 300 games, and the Swans, even though they've struggled a bit this year, um, we have seen them be competitive for many years, of course, in last year's grand final. And look, I'll go back. I only have to go back, what, less than a year. Um, the grand final, uh, when the Swans were in, on la in last year now, I know they lost heavily, but every pub that I went past, every pub uh, that I may have ventured into that afternoon was, was packed. And it was all because of the AFL. It was all because of the Sydney Swans. And that is, of course, because John Longmire able, being able to get them there. So, no, he uh, has been a fantastic coach for the Sydney Swans, been fantastic for, the, for AFL. And for as long as John Longmire, and I know the Swans might not make the finals this year, but for as long as they can, he can keep them competitive, uh, the Swans are always going to be a popular team here in Sydney. Um, disappointing so far this year with not too long to turn it around, but still 300 games as a coach in any code, uh, any sport around the world is a fantastic achievement. 
Yeah, well, we've gone from one end of the scale to the other in terms of our AFL conversation this morning, haven't we? You've got a, a coach who was actually under John Longmire for a period of time, Stuart Jew, who's been shown the door, and you've got another coach who continues to fly the flag, and uh, as you rightly said, he's done a magnificent job, not only mm. in the, the Harbour City, but in the AFL landscape, considering the challenges that the competition has encountered in terms of the, the introduction of the expansion teams mm. throughout that era to remain as competitive <laughs> and successful. One mm. premiership over that time, I think mm. there will be some yes. that will say there could have been a, a couple more, mm. but to make four grand finals in that period of time is also quite a strong thing. And, and just quickly, Matty, it is interesting when you talk about the Swans compared to GWS. Now, GWS does have a very, I, I would say, small section of the market. There was a big uptick when they made that grand final a few years back, but the Swans have always maintained uh, a much bigger uh, fan base than GWS, even when GWS came in to the competition. And now that's been a long period of time where, yes, the Swans have been more successful, but we have seen GWS compete uh, well in some seasons. So to be able to do that, I agree with you about the one premiership, probably could have been more, but to be able to do that and do that long-term and be sustainable, that's a fantastic achievement from John Longmire and the Swans as a club. Yes, the only issue this season has been that they've had the injuries as we've detailed multiple times and mm. it looks as though the run could be a little late and they just don't seem to be able to get the job done in 2023 mm. in the home and away season. Now, before we wrap up this morning, this strike action... <laughs> With the between the players and the mm. the NRL, or it's the Players Association that's uh, kind of enforced these measures. It's essentially that players aren't going to be fronting the media, whether that be pre, during, or post game. Mm. They've removed themselves from all of those commitments as part of this ongoing enterprise bargaining uh, negotiations, which have been stalled for quite some time. Yeah, so this uh, came out this time last week, which means, as you said, no pre-match, no half-time, no post-match interviews. They're not in press conferences. The coaches still handle the press conferences. Um, and this is something I remember talking to you about, Maddie, way back at the start of the year, before the season started, about what is going to happen. And then it went a little quiet. Well, it went very quiet once the season started, once we get it started getting footy on the field. But, yeah, they decided last week that there would be no uh, interviews on game day. Uh, they will talk to the media in normal weeks, Monday, Tuesday and Wednesdays. Uh, but in an origin week, such as this week, it would only be Monday and Tuesday. Uh, the RLPA president, who also doubles as the Queensland halfback, uh, Daly Cherry Evans, says he will still make a speech tonight uh, after Queensland takes the series, regardless what happens with origin. But it is interesting for two reasons, I think, Maddie, because... I think the general fan base didn't really miss. There was an element of people that did, but didn't really miss a lot of the interviews that we didn't get to see after the game last, like after the games last week. We certainly didn't miss any of the halftime interviews that really never give you anything. But by the same token, you don't want this to go on for too long because I think one of the good things about rugby league, AFL, many other sports, is that you get to watch these players play 
but then you get to hear them and you, what you know what kind of characters they are. And the characters in rugby league, definitely important. And uh, most importantly as well, strike action still hasn't been ruled out. And I would be very interested to see, um, at the moment, most people not overly fussed about what's happening uh, with no interviews, but if strike action was taken this year at some point between now and the end of the season, which is still, what, three, three and a half months away what the public perception will be in terms of will the fans be on the NRL side or the player side and how that would all happen. Let's hope it doesn't happen, but it would be very intriguing to see how this was this would play out from not just a player's point of view, but also from a fan's point of view. Yes, and we're watching what's unfolding with you guys very curiously because mm. we're also in a, a player's bargaining and negotiation phase at the moment as well in the AFL. It's not as dire between the two. In fact, I think there's been some positive movement in the last couple of weeks, if you're to read the reports surrounding the negotiations. But it's a, a very much watch this space to how ugly that this could potentially get between the two organisations. Now, just before I let you yes. go, do you love or hate Mitch Marsh? Uh, I've never hated him, and I certainly love him. That was a great innings uh, last, when was it, last Thursday, last Friday. It was fantastic. And I don't know how they drop him now. They, uh, surely they cannot drop him after what he did in the third test at Headingley. No, well, I think, if anything, there's a little more pressure up the top end yes, of the order. Yes, definitely. Um, with David Warner in, in that uh, selection call that no doubt will intensify as we head mm. towards uh, Old Trafford next week. But, yeah, it was marvellous. And uh, uh, the the reason I use the word hate, of course, is because of what mm, he said yes. in 2019 when he came out in that press conference and said, I think most of Australia hates me. Well, uh, it's hard not to for a man who came in, who probably wasn't anticipating in playing in this mm. series. He, he was purely in the squad as backup. Mm. And he's come in, he's served his purpose. In fact, he's done more than that. He overachieved in the, in the role that he had to play. And in many respects, he kept Australia in the contest, not only with that, but also with ball. Yeah, he did. And I had a friend, just quickly, and I wanted to get your opinion on this. He was He's Australian. He was happy that England won the third test uh, because it keeps the series alive. Now, whilst uh, I, I kind of... I kind of understand where he's coming from because we are in the middle of an amazing test series and the interest, if Australia had gone 3-0 up, might have waned a little bit, but now 2-1. What an exciting fourth test we're in for when it starts next Wednesday. And I've got a feeling that's not the end of the twist and turn no. we've already seen in this mm, series. I agree. I think it's going to be very interesting. No doubt we'll talk more about it next Wednesday when I will be here, Matty. Oh, well, that'll be very good to hear. Enjoy Origin tonight. Go Queensland. Yeah, thank you, Maddie. We'll speak next week. We will. Maddie Cox, host of Traders News in a Nutshell in Melbourne. We'll chat with him again next Wednesday. If you want to buy into any of the stuff we were talking uh, to Maddie about, especially if this is up early on the Gold Coast in Brisbane as well, uh, in Queensland, uh, 0457 736 736. Sport on the Gold Coast. As I say, when we were speaking to Maddie then to kick off our topic, I like going up to the Gold Coast uh, when I get up there to watch uh, the NRL. Uh, I think Titan Stadium, Seabus, is a great stadium. But is there a reason that teams... Can you put a finger on why teams have always struggled, mostly, on the most part, on the Gold Coast? Is there something we could do to fix 
the Gold Coast. Now, Des Hasler, from a rugby league point of view, coming in as coach of the Gold Coast Titans should help. But is there something that we could do to get maybe more crowds in, in the Gold Coast? Happy to hear from you on that. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy or oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. And just talking about the NRL and the RLPA and what we were speaking to Maddie about, if there was to be strike action, and let's hope there isn't, I think everyone can agree that we don't want to see strike action. But if there was to be strike action, whose side would you be on? Would you be on the player side? Would you be on the NRL side? Which way do you reckon it would fall for the general public if that happened? No, 0457 736 736 or 1300 0111 70. Also, what your state of origin predictions for tonight? Who's going to win? What's the scoreline going to be? First try scorer, man of the match. 1300 0111 70 or 0457 736 736. And Manly fans, Matt Lodge, you happy that he's coming to your club? Would you want Matt Lodge at your club? 0457 736 736 or 1300 to your text. A Wimbledon update and plenty more on the other side of this. It's coming up to 20 to 6. You're listening to Tradies News in a Nutshell. Call 1300 01 1170 or text 0457 736 736. It's good to have your company to your text in at just a second and also a Wimbledon update. Just before that, we're talking about the RLPA and the NRL. Well, an historic NRLW season launch celebrating a brand new 10-team competition is now highly unlikely to go ahead in Sydney next week. Now, it's understood the venue had been booked in Barangaroo for the event next Tuesday, which was due to be attended by the NRLW captains, senior players and dozens of junior rugby league players and fans. Now, now set to be a special event to launch a newly expanded 10-team competition, which grew from six teams in 2022 and is less than two weeks away from kickoff. Those plans are now in extreme doubt, with no ironclad guarantee players would attend or not cancel at the last minute given the latest standoff between the union, the RLPA, and the NRL. Running the event as planned would come at a big financial risk for the NRL. Um, So it comes uh, following the abandonment of the NRL season launch earlier this year. Uh, There was also no event for the announcement of the NRLW draw when it was released back in April. And now doubt over the NRLW season launch uh, is the latest twist in a bitter, bitter fight between players and the governing body. Uh, uh, RLPA boss Clint Newton said yesterday, as of this afternoon, we haven't received any communication from the NRL um, regarding the NRLW launch. If the launch falls on a Tuesday, then based on the boundaries the players have set, there should be no issue with it going ahead. However, it appears to be doomed. It adds to a souring relationship between both parties, but also comes at the worst possible time for the NRLW players. And yeah, that, and again, we didn't touch on this with Matty Cox, but it really needs to be sorted out sooner rather than later. And the NRLW season uh, begins in a couple of weeks' time, uh, July 23. Um, and whilst excitement building towards that, uh, we are in the middle of this NRL, NRLW versus RLPA 
war. So we'll find out what happens. Just on uh, that as well, here is a text from uh, Jason. I urge the NRL and the RLPA to come together and negotiate the differences for the betterment of the game, its partners and the fans. I'm very worried about this year. And I think, look, I think a lot of people will be uh, at the moment, they're probably not too concerned because we're in a situation where it's only interviews. But as a few people have said, that could just be step one on the um, what they can do. Strike action has not been ruled out. So, yes, let's hope it gets sorted out sooner rather than later. All right, let us do a Wimbledon update. The Wimbledon quarterfinals continue tonight on Stan Sport. Watch every match at free, centre court and in 4K. And, of course, the Australasian Academy of Tennis Coaches, AATC. Tennis quarterfinals day. Firstly, in the men's, Yannick Sinner had a win in four sets, 6-4, And Novak Djokovic still on track to win his third Grand Slam of the year, beat Rublev. It took him four sets. He lost the first set, 6-4, but he bounced back, winning the second set, 6-1, then 6-4, then 6-3. So Novak Djokovic and Sinner through to the men's semi-finals. And on the women's side of things on quarterfinal day number one, uh, we saw wins for Vanta Rosova over Pakula, uh, 6-4, 2-6, 6-4. I'm pretty sure I didn't pronounce that correctly. And a big news with Iga Schwantek going down to Svitolina. Uh, the world number one seed, Schwantek, out of the Wimbledon uh, tournament, going down in three sets, 7-5, uh, 6-7, 6-2. Shoswitek out to Svitolina um, and the world, um, I'm not sure if she, I think she is world number one, but definitely the number one seed in this year's tournament at Wimbledon on the women's side, gone. But Novak Djokovic on the men's side, still there. Starting to heat up. Going to be very interesting over the next few days to see what happens over there at Wimbledon. Don't forget, you can continue watching the Wimbledon quarterfinals tonight on Stan Sport. Watch every match ad-free, centre court in 4K, and Brett Phillips will have more information for our listeners right throughout our markets, both in Sydney and Queensland in the two breakfast shows. This from the Radelaide Rooster. Morning, Dan. Only success a team has had from the Gold Coast – was their netball team uh, two premierships. Is it because no one really stays for a long time? It's more visit for a few years and move on. Young ones going up to work and moving on or a holiday or retirement, I think, as well. Cheers to Radelaide Rooster. Yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see, and thank you for the text, Radelaide Rooster, when Des Hasler does come in to the coach, to be coach of the Gold Coast Titans, whether um, he will turn the Gold Coast Titans around. Look, they've shown signs this year that they are a club that's improving. They've got a pretty good roster, but still pretty inconsistent. And I think it's like every team. To be fair, if the Gold Coast are in the top four and winning every week, you would get more people attending games. But it has been, I reckon, an ongoing problem uh, sport on the Gold Coast. But let's hope Des Hasler can turn the Gold Coast Titans around. Your thoughts on that? Your thoughts on anything else we've spoken about this morning? 0457 736 736 our text number or you can call the open line 1300 1170 it's 10 and a half to 6. You're listening to Tradies News in a Nutshell. Call 1300 01 1170 or text 0457 736 736. Uh, Lee says on the text, you gave the time as 6.07 a.m. Did I? 
if I did, well, I'm completely wrong because if it was that time, the breakfast shows would be on. So, uh, sorry, Lee. Uh, if anyone is taking notice of my time calls, it's 6 to 6. Uh, 6 to 6. There you go. Uh, thank you, Lee. Uh, Andrew McDonald has flagged intentions to stick with Spitter Todd Murphy for the fourth test but will not guarantee David Warner's position. A century and two wickets from Mitch Marsh in what was the all-rounders' first test in almost four years has left Aussie selectors, of whom McDonald has won, with the looming crunch given the man Marsh replaced. Cameron Green is expected to be available when this series resumes in Manchester next Wednesday. Uh, McDonald said, I think we've got everything to consider in terms of Mitch Marsh coming in, what the balance looks like, our all-rounders, and there will be an assessment of players at the back end of this test. Josh Hazelwood, also another person that uh, could quite will likely come back into the side. Interesting times for the Australian cricket team. Chookman says, hi Dan, too many Blues changes every game. Queensland 24, New South Wales 12, Munster, man of the match. And John says, good morning Dan, Queensland 36 to 22 tonight. High scoring with with Hammers scoring an intercept try for the first try scorer, Munster will thrive in this uh, show piece uh, event and win Man of the Match. That regards John from Clear Mountain. We'll see what happens. You'll hear it all on SEN, our three calls, Blues Radio, Maroons Radio, and, of course, the neutral call right across the SEN network. I'll be back with you to wrap it all up tomorrow. Plus, Chris Perkins will join me from America. The Breakfast Shows, Patton Hills in Queensland, Vossi and Missile coming up in Sydney after the news. Enjoy the game tonight. I'll see you tomorrow morning from 5am.